turn with us to the book of Romans, chapter 8, beginning with verse 14. Romans 8, 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. If so, be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. Before we pray, um, one of our neighbors have passed away, uh, Gary Gibbs. Some of you may know him or remember him. Um, I don't know any arrangements concerning uh, except tomorrow evening. Uh, they'll be receiving friends at Sander from uh, 4 o'clock to 5, I think. And um, so remember that uh, family in your prayers. Also the family of uh, Tom Harper, and that is senior. He has a son named Tommy, but it's Tom that has uh, passed away. I visited him last Sunday, and uh, he passed away yesterday. I'm sure you have people on your heart and mind uh, that needs our prayers tonight. So, as we go to the Lord in prayer, Brother Ken, right here, would you lead us, please, Brother? Amen. Thanks to Daryl and Gail again for the beautiful arrangement of flowers that's still here for us to enjoy. Verse 15, the spirit of adoption. That's simply what I want to talk to you about tonight. When we think about adoption, uh, it's a legal process whereby a person assumes responsibility of someone else's child. Now, I wouldn't ask you to raise your hand or even say anything about it. You may be an adopted child. You may have adopted children. Now, sometimes folk don't want to know they are adopted. They don't want to let their children know that they are adopted. Uh, but I don't see any problem with that because, hey, adoption, uh, you know, you go to the place where the children are and you pick the child you want, which I heard a, uh, a family say that one time, said, you know, uh, we told our child, said, you are very special to us because of all the children we could have picked. We picked you. And so when we think about that adoption, verse 15, like I say, the spirit of adoption. Um, that legal process. But it also, uh, an understanding of adoption is important if you and I are going to enjoy our relationship with the Lord. And I make mention of three simple things. I'm thankful tonight because I'm an adopted child of God that my sins have been forgiven. I'm thankful tonight as an adopted child of God that God chose us to allow the Holy Spirit to live in. I'm thankful tonight of that adoption that I have a home in glory prepared by Jesus for those, the Bible says, that love him. Now, when we think about <clears throat> the spirit of adoption, first of all, I want to just, let's just run quickly over what is adoption. Well, most of you probably know all about what adoption is. It's an act of God which gives us, as his children, adult standing in the family. Now, this is not salvation, but this is uh, what follows salvation. We accept Christ as our Savior, and the process begins 
as we realize that God has chosen us. Excuse me. We did not choose God. He chose us. And then he chose us to live in through the Holy Spirit of God. And so when we think about this, when a husband and wife adopts a child, they can give that child their name. And most of them do. They can give that child their address. They can give that child their home, a special room in their home. They can give that child their wealth. But there's one thing they cannot give that child, and that's their nature. They're already born with that nature. When we think about uh, us being adopted by God Almighty, okay, we are created in his image. But sin has marred that image. And that's why Jesus died is for our sins, that we could be cleansed, that we could be changed and take on the nature of God. But I would say this also for an adopted child, they may not have that nature of their adopted parents, but I believe that those parents, if they get that child early enough, they might can persuade and cause that nature of them to become part of that child's nature. But um, we as parents, we are charged to train up a child in the way he should go. When he's old, he'll not depart from it. That's God's challenge to us too as we read his word and if we allow him to train us up the way we as Christians ought to go. So when the devil comes to attack us, we won't go astray and embarrass the father which is in heaven. Spiritual adoption is the act of God which he gives to each child in standing in his family. And he also says um, in the scripture there, a standing means adult responsibility. Now we don't expect a brand new Christian to take on um, adult responsibilities unless they are taught and trained, okay? We, we want to teach and we train our children up to become good adults. I've said uh, many years, I've said a mother ought to teach that daughter how to be a good wife. And the daddy ought to teach the son how to be a good husband. Many are not taught that today. And that's why no matter what you do, if you haven't been taught, they go out there and try to establish a home and they don't know which way to go because they have no example to follow. So we're to teach and we're to train them up the way they ought to go. And when I think about that, not only what is adoption, but secondly, what is the privileges of being adopted. If, if I am an adopted child of God, um, what is my privileges? Well, according to verse 14, the very first thing, one privilege is walking. Okay? Um, when our babies was born, first thing you know, they were crawling. And we couldn't wait till they started walking. And then next thing you know, they're running. And the next thing you know, they're climbing. And the next thing you know, they're in danger. You say, oh, we, I think if I recall back when they were just crawling around, I could sort of keep up with them. Um, um, Ansley, Caleb's middle child, I think it was her now, Lynn, you help me. She would hide. You know where she would hide? Underneath the, in the cabinets, open the door and crawl up in there and close the door. I ain't look everywhere for her. Well, she finally had to give that up because, you know, they discovered that's where you hide. Um, I was remodeling an, an old house over here in, behind Rochester Imports. And these people had a parrot that could talk. 
I mean, whatever you said, he said. I had a little Mexican boy helping me, and we stopped one day for lunch, and he said, do they have a microwave? I said, yeah. So he's in there putting his food in the microwave, and I said, don't burn it up. And he laughed. And when he laughed, the parrot laughed and sounded just like him. He looked at me, he said, what you laughing about? And the parrot says, what you laughing about? I said, I said, boy, you be careful. That bird can talk. Oh, no. I said, say something. He'd say something. The bird would say it back. Anyhow, long story short, talking about hiding under the cabinet, the people of the house said, we're fixing to be gone for several hours. We're going to just help yourself to the house because I know you're in and out. And don't pay the bird no attention. He'll be fine. Okay. The bird was on his perch, sitting in the den. First thing I know, he wasn't there. And I'm going in and out. I'm working on a storm door, so I got it propped open. You know how you get to thinking about things and just wells up and gets bigger and bigger. I said, that bird has got out. He shores you. I'll never find. I went out. I whistled. I hollered. I called his name. I looked in the trees. I went back in. I looked the house over. Couldn't find him. I said, all I know is tell the lady of the house the bird is gone. She come in, and I still called her name. I said, ma'am, I'm sorry. I said, but I can't find your bird. And I said, I've been going in and out, and I, I'm, I'm sure it, it has flown away. She laughed. I said, what's, she said, let me show you something. We walked in the kitchen, in the cabinet under the sink. She said, you see those claw marks on that door? She said, let me show you something. She opened the door, and there he sit. <laughs> Amazing. I mean, the nature of the bird. It had sense enough to go hide. I mean, I guess maybe because he didn't know me, he was going to go hide, but then he got my nerves tore up. And so, you know, we think about our nature. What is our nature? Well, Bible talks about man, we commit our sins at night, okay? That nature, that old nature wants to crop up, and we want to do things that we used to do, knowing we know the consequences of those old sins. But what draws us back is the devil and his power, because God forgives us of our sins, right? God forgets about it, right? But the devil don't. And so he reminds us of that old nature, so when we think about that, you know, we have taken on the nature of God in that walking. Look, look at verse 14 with me right quick. For as many as are led, L-E-D, led. Now, I want to be led, okay? I don't want to be driven. I want to be led. Uh, has anybody in here ever tried to push a chain? You can't push a chain. You, you've got to lead. You, uh, and sometimes, well, we call it dragging. Uh, you don't want to drag somebody, but you want to lead them. And then when we think about walking, we're led um, by the Spirit of God, which if we, we led, it means willingly led. It's according to verse 14, for as many as are led by the Spirit. Now, the Bible talks about unless we are Led by the Spirit, unless we are drawn by the Spirit, there's no reason for a person to be saved. There's no reason for a person to come unless they are led by the Spirit of God. Um, you know, like a little baby, it has to be carried. In Romans 6, 4 tells us that we walk in newness of life when we get saved. And in Romans 8, uh, 4, it tells us that we walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit 
of God. And this is an experience like no other. When you know in your heart that you're being led by the Spirit of God, you don't need a second opinion. You know, when I knew, when I knew for a fact God was calling me to preach, I didn't need anybody's opinion as far as, do you think I need to surrender? No. Even though Lynn and several others probably knew it, that, you know, something was different, something was going to happen. In fact, one of my friends said, I knew it was going to happen, I just didn't know when. You see, the Spirit of God works in and amongst us and leads us and guides us, but so many times, like me, they didn't want to give up. They don't want to give in. Um, but it's an experience like no other. Okay, an- another privilege, not only walking, but in verse 15, the very first part, we see freedom here. For ye have not received the spirit of, of bondage again to fear. We don't fear. I don't fear the spirit of God, okay? I'm thankful for the spirit. The Holy Spirit of God. Um, yesterday, uh, a man, I was in a business and he said, you believe in ghosts? I said, yes, sir, I believe in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> he looked at me so funny. I said, yes, sir, I believe in the Holy Ghost, but I don't believe in a, a ghost or a booger behind a door. You know, But I believe in the Holy Ghost of God. He is a real person. And he said, Jesus said, where two or three are gathered, I'll be there. In the form of the Holy Spirit of God. And he's with us, y'all. Listen, when we go out tomorrow, wherever we go, or even tonight, it's the Spirit of God that dwells in us that goes with us. Wherever we go, that's where the Spirit's going. Because he said, I'm not going to leave you, and I'm not going to forsake you, even if you're walking in dangerous ground. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. So we have that freedom. You see, a, a, a little child lives in a world of do's and don'ts and touch and touch nots, Okay? And, uh, you know, our house is, is uh, uh, free and open. Uh, you know, I remember us, when we were younger, taking our boys places, and, and they'd want to handle things, and I'm thinking, oh, turn, don't, don't, don't do that. Don't touch that. It's glass, you know. You, but, hey, when they, people come into our house, they go to worry, and I said, listen, we got, had two sons. Now we got six grandbabies. You can't hurt anything here. Whatever's broken, I can fix if it's fixable. But don't worry about it. Be comfortable, <clears throat> okay? In the house of God. It's not a, a do's and don'ts and touch and touch nots, but it's having free run of the Holy Spirit of God. And if we love one another, and God said, if you don't love one another, you can't love me. If we love one another, we don't go intentionally do something to hurt or offend somebody. And if we do, we're quick to say, hey, I am so sorry. So, But we as children of God, if we keep his commandments, he says, I'm going to love you. Keep my commandments. I'm going to love you. Keep my commandments. I'm going to award you. Keep my commandments. I'll continue to bless you. So when we think about all of that, another thing, another privilege Not only walking and having freedom in the spirit, but there's also speaking in verse 15, the second part. But ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. And what is that? That's praise and worship to God Almighty. Okay, he is our heavenly father. And I've said this before, I want to say it again. He is not the man upstairs. He is not the big shot. He's not in the big house. He is God Almighty. He is on his throne and he is in heaven. Amen? So we believe in that. And when somebody says, 
Well, I wonder what the old man upstairs thinks. I said, hey, who are you talking about? Bring them on the carpet. Who are you talking about? Well, I'm talking about God. I said, well, why don't you say God? The old man upstairs might be your grandpa, you know. I want to know who you're talking about. Some people, they don't have a clue of who God is and what God stands for and what God's doing for them right now. I tell them I lay down at night. I don't tell my lungs to keep inhaling oxygen. Hey, I don't tell my heart to keep beating. I think sometimes, Lord, I'm ready to go to sleep. If I don't wake up, it's okay. You know, it's his business. So when we think about that, also, another privilege is having that assurance. Verse 16 says, the spirit itself. He didn't send a substitute here. The spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit. Isn't that amazing? God's spirit, the Holy Spirit, communes with your spirit and my spirit. Look what he says. That we are children of God. In 1 Corinthians 6, 19, it says, Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Hey, we're saints of God. We're the temple of God, and the Holy Spirit lives within. What does he do? He guides, he guards, he gives. As he deems necessary. He will be there for us. There's another privilege. <coughs> In verse 17, the first part. We see an inheritance there. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. God's our heavenly father. Jesus is our brother who went to the cross and died for us. Everything. Hey, it's a joint account. Okay? A joint account. We draw on that account. God knows what we're drawing out. Listen, you cannot overdraw on, on the account. God's going to supply. He says, I'm going to supply all of your needs according to my riches and glory through Christ Jesus. You can't overdraw that account. There's also uh, another privilege. Now, you're not going to say this is a privilege, but I want you to look what he says. In verse 17 again, the second part of verse 17 says, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. And listen to what he says. If so be that we suffer. Is that a privilege? Look what he says. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be glorified together. Jesus suffered for no reason except for the love of God and for your sins and mine. So when we suffer, hey, we need to be a good sufferer for Jesus. Now, if we brought the suffering on ourselves, then hey, you're just going to have to deal with it. God's going to be there for you, but you're going to have to deal with it because sin brings about consequences. We, we have to suffer those consequences. And so when we think about that, suffering is a part of life. Now, we like to protect our babies. We like to protect our children. We don't want them to get hurt. We don't want them out of our sight. But if we go from the cradle to driving a car, hey, you know, that's, that's a, as far as that child's concerned, it's a long time. I'd be glad when I can drive. But for us parents, <laughs> it was a short time from crawling to driving a car and watching them drive out of the yard. Lord, have mercy, please watch out for other people. You know, we, we try to instruct our young'uns and uh, put them behind the wheel and, and do things. I, I remember um, 
I guess it might have been Caleb, I'm not sure. But we went out in the middle of the field in my old work van. I said, now I want you to drive this thing like I ain't in here. But I want you to do what I tell you to do, okay? Dig off, make the wheel spin. Kicking up dirt. We go along there about 10 or 15 miles an hour. I said, turn left as hard as you can turn. That thing went into a slide. I said, turn back to the right right quick. And it just straightened up. I wanted them to feel of that, okay? Don't put them in a position and stick them out there and hope they make it. You know, God's that, God is that. He wants to, here, experience this. I want you to experience this so you'll know how to handle the privileges when they come and when I give them to you. So when we think about that, I think about this. Are we living up to our privileges of walking and freedom and speaking and assurance and inheritance and suffering? All right? Let me give you a last thing. When we think about the spirit of adoption, that's where I got the title out of verse 15. Um, so how can we enjoy adoption? First of all, by believing. Okay? By believing. You know, this is crazy, okay? You're going to laugh and it's okay because I'm not going to stop doing it, all right? I talk to my dog. I do. I really do. Now, I don't know where Ty understands me or not. But I say, Ty, load up. Come here. He comes right to me. I put him in the truck or the van and he's ready. To, he's good to go. He's good to go. Crack the window down a little bit so he can hang his head out. And I'll talk for him. Hey, it's cold out here. Roll the window up. You know, hey. I did. I talked for my dog. <laughs> and I tell you what, I wish I was the man that Ty thinks I am. Okay? I wish I was. I mean, you can whip him, he comes right back and just lick you all over. I mean, this. I've taught him to ride on the four wheeler now. He's big shot. He's sitting up there right there, and you know, hey, he enjoys it. Now, I haven't put him on the motorcycle yet. I, I want to find me a neat little pad. To where he can sit up there. I, we pulled into a restaurant. I believe it was over in Easley somewhere. And we're sitting next to the window. And this motorcycle pulls in there. And the guy takes his helmet off. And right on his gas tank he un, unzips a little ba- And a little chihuahua poked his head out. You know, he's looking this way and that way. I'm thinking look at this. How neat this is. To ride the motorcycle. But he believes in me. Okay, he believes when I roll in the yard tonight, I'm going to have a piece of scrap for him. You're not going to go along with this either, but, uh, you know, uh, every Sunday at Yusuf's, they pack me up a big box of bones, dog bones and scraps. I roll in the yard, guess who meets me first and greets me first and a sniffing and a jumping and a turning around and around? Ty does. He knows I got something. And I don't want to disappoint him. You know, all of our animals, I remember when we had cows and I told the boys, I said, don't you holler for these cows unless you got something to feed them because I don't want to have to go to the bottom to drive them up. We'd go out there and holler for the cows and here they'd come and feed them hay. We got horses. I said, don't you whistle for these horses unless you got something to give them. I don't have to go hunt the horses. I just whistle, they come, I feed them something. They know they're going to get something. Listen, we should know we're going to get something from God when we call on him. And when he calls us, we need to respond. We need to drop what we're doing and respond to him. It's believing. Listen, believing will make all the difference in the world in your Christian life. Believing. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever what? 
believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life by believing also um, how can we enjoy uh, adoption is by yielding to the Holy Spirit of God this best thing to do is go on and give in I done learned that just go on and give in because if it's God's will he's not going to give up he's not going to quit keep on reaching out keep on praying Many, many mornings, Lynn, what we every morning we have our devotional together, and, and it sounds like, uh, you know, and we, we pray, pray about it, and we say, Lord, I know it sounds like repetition, but, you know, these are people we're concerned about. And we call their name every morning, every morning we live. We call those same names over and over. And, of course, the list gets longer and longer. But that's okay. God knows our hearts. And we want we our prayer life to be yielded to him, to pray for one another. And, hey, you think sometimes, uh, I just don't have time to pray. Well, we need to stop asking God for toys and ask him for tools. Tools to do the work that he has called us to do. We need to stop asking God for wealth. And asked him for weapons. You know what our weapons are? The word of God and the Holy Spirit of God and prayer. We pray for our, our Alaskan friends. We pray for our friends that we know personally over in Africa. And when I'm praying for those there in, in Tanzania, in my heart and my mind, I can go right to the school. I can go right to the little house where we live. I can go right to the farm where we help build the barn. I can see the animals. I can see the workers. I can see the little garden growing. And pray, God, bless this area. Bless them. And it's amazing on Sunday mornings, especially when we're praying uh, for the Cadetti Church and the, uh, the, the, what's the other one? Acts Fellowship because <clears throat> we're uh, six hours behind, eight now. And you know, when we are praying for their worship service, it's already happened eight hours ago. Because I remember when we were there, we'd be done gone to worship and we had done eat lunch and taken a nap before y'all even got here. You know, and it's amazing that far around the world that you can pray and ask God to give us uh the weapons we need, prayer, Bible reading, Bible study. But we need also stop asking God to bless us. Instead, Lord, bless others through us. May I be a blessing. You know, I don't need to be blessed. I'm, I'm overly blessed, okay? I want to be a blessing to somebody. I want to be there to help somebody. Uh, church, we, we, have a, we have a church to build. We have a, a, a battle to fight. And when I think about this adoption, you know, parents, uh, when they adopt a child, what I understand, they have legal papers. So, hey, this, this, is my, this is my child. I adopted this child. I have papers. When I thought about those papers, I thought about, you know, God uh, has papers on us, but it's, it's not called papers. It's called a book where he writes our name in the book, the Lamb's Book of Life. Now, I've heard many parents say we are on a waiting list to get a child. Hey, it is a privilege to me to be on God's waiting list. A privilege to be on his waiting list. And on that waiting list, he's waiting on us. You know, he's done, done all he can do. He's done given us all he's going to give us as far as the word of God goes. Hey, there's no new revelation. 
regardless of what people might say. He's done given us everything that we ever need in order to live a good Christian life. And when this life is over, to go to heaven. He's given us all of that. All we've got to do is apply it as an adopted child. I am his and nobody or nothing can change the fact that I belong to him. I am his adopted child. Father, thank you for the evening. Thank you for those who have come this way. God, bless their homes. Bless their families. Bless those who will have a public job to go to tomorrow. Lord, that you would bless and strengthen them, that you'd watch over and protect them. And Lord, we continue to pray for our president, our nation, our firefighters, our first responders, our military, our EMS, and all those, Lord, who come when we call them. I pray that you'd bless our county and all the men and the ladies who are in the law enforcement and military and firefighters, all of these. Lord, as I saw the fire truck go out this afternoon, going somewhere because somebody had called about an emergency. Lord, help us when we're on the highway and we hear that siren. May we get over and get out of the way so they can do their work. God, we just thank you and praise you for all you do for us now. In Jesus' name, amen.